0: Welcome to the Chaplain Chats Podcast. This podcast brought to you by the NeverEnding Faith Platform. This outreach initiative, led by Senior Chaplain Vaughn Walker from the Madison County Sheriff's Office Chaplaincy Program, delves into meaningful discussions about faith, resilience, and community. Tune in for thought-provoking insights and inspiring stories that bridge the gap between spirituality and the challenges of today's world. We extend our sincere gratitude to the Madison County Sheriff's Office Chaplaincy, led by Senior Pastor Vaughn Walker, for their unwavering support of the Chaplain Chats podcast hosted here by the Faith platform. Your commitment to fostering hope and spiritual resilience is deeply appreciated. Thank you for being a valued sponsor and a vital part of our journey. Today's episode, Finding Hope in the Storm The Unsung Guardians of the Soul Exploring the Role of a Chaplain In the tapestry of human experiences, amidst the triumphs and tribulations, there exists a role often overlooked, but profoundly impactful, that of a chaplain. The term might evoke images of military settings or hospitals, but the essence of a chaplain transcends these boundaries, reaching into the core of the human spirit. At its heart, a chaplain is a spiritual caregiver providing solace and support to individuals navigating the tumultuous waters of life. While traditionally associated with the armed forces or healthcare institutions, chaplains can be found in a diverse array of settings, from universities to prisons and beyond. In the military, chaplains serve as beacons of hope in the midst of adversity. Beyond providing religious counsel, they offer a listening ear and a comforting presence, standing as pillars of strength for those facing the challenges of service. Their role extends beyond the religious affiliations, embracing the universal human need for connection and understanding. In hospitals, chaplains become companions in the healing journey. They navigate the delicate intersection of faith and fragility, offering support not only to patients, but also to families and healthcare professionals grappling with the complexities of life, illness, and mortality. Universities too recognize the significance of spiritual well-being in their academic environments. Chaplains on campus are bridges between diverse faith traditions and sources of guidance for students navigating the profound questions of purpose, identity, and meaning. Prisons, often isolating environments, are softened by the presence of chaplains who, without judgment, provide a space for reflection and redemption. Their role in correctional facilities goes beyond religious guidance, extending to emotional and moral support for individuals seeking transformation. At its core, being a chaplain is about fostering empathy, compassion, and understanding. It's about being a steady hand in the storm a source of strength when the road is arduous. In a world that sometimes seems chaotic and divisive, chaplains remind us of our shared humanity, transcending the boundaries that often separate us. In essence, a chaplain is a guardian of the soul, offering a sanctuary for the spiritual, emotional, and moral dimensions of the human experience. Their work is quiet but profound, often unfolding behind the scenes, yet leaving an indelible mark on those they encounter. So the next time you encounter the term chaplain, do not confine it to specific context. Instead, see it as a reminder that, in the complex narrative of life, there are those quietly working to ensure that no matter the circumstance, there is someone ready to lend a listening ear, a comforting presence, and a beacon of light in the darkness. Jesus Christ, the ultimate volunteer. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mark 10.45 Our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the epitome of volunteerism. He didn't come as a ruler demanding service, but as a servant offering his life for the redemption of many. Christ's life beckons us to follow his example, to not seek positions of authority, but opportunities to serve others. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, Luke 10, 25-37, Jesus teaches us that a true neighbor involves selfless service. The Samaritan didn't ask about the wounded man's background or ethnicity. He saw a need and responded with compassion. Volunteerism erases the boundaries that divide and unites us in a common bond of humanity. Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live. Luke 21, 3-4 In this touching scene, Jesus commends the widow for her sacrificial offering. Volunteerism is not about the surplus we have, but the sincerity of our hearts. It's about giving, not from abundance, but from a willingness to share even when it requires personal sacrifice. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9.7 The Apostle Paul encourages the Corinthians to give willingly and joyfully. This principle extends beyond financial giving to the giving of our time, our skills, and our talents. True volunteerism flows from the heart that delights in serving others. Here are some practical steps for volunteerism. Prayerful Discernment Seek God's guidance in discovering your unique gifts and how they can be used for the benefit of others. Active Participation Engage with your local church, community organizations, charities or chaplains, Offer your time and talents willingly. Compassionate Outreach Embrace the mindset of compassion. Look for opportunities to help those in need both within and outside the church walls. Lead by example Let your life be a living sermon on volunteerism. Inspire others through your actions and show the transformative power of Christ's love in practical ways. And finally friends, as we embark on this journey of volunteerism, let us be reminded that we are not merely volunteers, we are ambassadors of God's love. In serving one another, we manifest the very heart of Christ. May our lives be living testimonies to the truth that in voluntary service, we not only meet the needs of others, but also witness the beauty of God's redemptive love. As we go forth, let our motto be, Freely we have received, and freely we give. Amen. Well, we return once again in this episode to Cornerstone Community Church in Alexandria, Indiana for their second annual hog roast. And we are honored to have sitting with us right now uh, Mr. Mike Almack, who is a six-year board member with the Madison County Sheriff's Office Chaplaincy Program and also a member of Cornerstone Community Church. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. Mike, tell me a little bit about, you and I were talking off off mic a few minutes ago, microphone a few minutes ago, about your relationship with Randy. And and I thought, Pastor Randy, and I thought his story was fantastic when we recorded it just a little while. And and I think the uh, audience or the listeners will really enjoy that and and how you guys have known each other for such a long time.
1: Sure. Uh, Well, we went to high school together, and, and, uh, you know, and then we kind of, separated ways of course and but uh, we were driving a church van and down the road from our house and there's a little country church and we went by it one night picking up kids and on the sign it says Pastor Randy Murphy and I thought well there's got to be another Pastor Randy Murphy it can not be the one I went to school with and uh, lo and behold uh, down the road they moved into Alexandria and bought a, a nice church and we seen him in the yard one day and when my wife Cheryl and I stopped in talked to him and he showed us around and we just fell in love with the church and what what they were doing and and uh but uh i i think you know in the past he he shared with us that he was worried about you know what people he's in his hometown and you know when he grew up you know a lot of people have thought you know uh, i guess hoodlum is a word but uh you know, but I think it just shows what God can do in somebody's life when they turn their life over to him.
0: Well, as you know, as we all know, there's only been one perfect person.
1: Oh yes, <laughs>
0: so you know that's the key to everything that we're doing. That's the key to every yes. message out there is there's only been one perfect person. So you know a person that comes from a background like his, and his story, like I said, was pretty fascinating to me uh, because I think honestly he's the first pastor I've met. Uh, pastoring an entire church with that background, yeah. uh, and there's a lot of folks out there that that believed like he did that you know you you don't get to pastor a church unless you go through seminary and you know you, you've you've done good your whole life and and it's it's a fantastic story to know that God reached him in a way that most people would never assume he would, and it worked and and here he is your pastor you know a friend from years ago. He's now your pastor. Um, how long have you been here now at Cornerstone?
1: We've been here a little over 18 years.
0: 18 years. Um, this uh, Tell me a little bit about your background. Where did you come from to get here?
1: Uh, Well, you know, long story is I was raised Catholic. Uh, and then a few years after Cheryl and I was married, uh, I just couldn't, you know, just was looking for something different. And... Uh, You know, God got my attention. He healed my wife a curvature of the spine, and uh, things started getting my attention. And and finally, it it just we decided to start going to another church and uh, got saved. And you know it, you know a lot of people's stories is uh, you know bells and whistles and fireworks go off when you get saved. Mine was I was laying in bed at three o'clock in the morning, and the Lord said, "Now's the time," and I just asked Him, "Forgive me my sins." and hadn't turned back since.
0: So uh, what was your professional background before all of this?
1: I was in the auto parts business and uh, I just recently, then I got into the automotive repair business and I just recently, first of the year, sold that business.
0: Has that all been here in Madison County?
1: Yes, Ander- Anderson most of it.
0: Anderson area and Madison County. What brought you to, uh, to wanting to work with the uh, the chaplaincy program at the sheriff's office?
1: Well, I, I got to know Benny Santiago. Uh, Benny's passed on now, but uh, you know I met him at a couple places, and he talked me into going up to the jail, and uh, uh, he was off on sick leave, and he said, meet up with my assistant and see what you think of it. And I went to a church service one Tuesday night, and I fell in love with that ministry, just what they were doing, who they were reaching out to, and, uh, you know, I think most people think they're in jail, they ain't worthy of my time, and I think anybody's worthy of, of your time, especially if you're going to share Jesus with them. So uh, I got involved in that, and I haven't turned back. I enjoy it. So
0: one of the—it's it's interesting you brought that up, but one of the challenges with helping people is usually the stereotype that precedes the person that you're trying to help, Right. And that stereotype has a way of turning people off. Um, It's interesting because I came from a law enforcement background and I got involved in a group called Brianna's Hope, which is a drug addiction outreach program uh, that assists those that are struggling with drug addiction, trying to put them back on the right path, which is how I met Marcus Dennis, my friend, and he's also my pastor. And, uh, you know, I, I came from that background and, you know, people are like, I can't believe, you know, all those years you spent putting people in jail and now you're trying to help people. <laughs> and it's a fascinating story to me because there's so many in the community. And one of the things that we've talked about in this podcast and in a previous episode is that we kind of landed on the theme that it, it really does take a village to raise a child. And the child in this case is the struggler, not necessarily a child as in young person. Right. But, um, we kind of landed on that theme and as this podcast continues to evolve and roll forward we keep running into people with the same background of i didn't know what brought me here but now i am and you spend a considerable amount of your time helping others Um, that kind of leads us to the hog roast question which is where we're at and in my previous interview with randy you know, he gives all the credit for this roast to you.
1: <laughs> yeah. He no, says I, you're I, the I, ultimate
0: organizer, I, and you're the only one that could have put this together.
1: I I I accepted doing it, but the only one that really put this together is the Lord. I mean, he's opened doors, and, and last year it was kind of—it was okay, but it wasn't great. And This year, I think it's—we've got a lot more people, ministries here, and we want to build on that every year. You know, our our goal is probably in the next year or two we won't be able to house it here because it'll be too many people. But the the Lord Jesus Christ is, he's in charge. I'm just working through him, so uh, I'll give him all the credit for this.
0: How'd you land on? We had him on previously. How'd you land on Dave Mullen uh, doing the hog roast for you? How'd you land on the concept of a hog roast? Let's talk about that for a minute.
1: Well, you know, the churches a few years ago did a couple of hog roasts, and they they never could agree on some things, how to do the third one, so they just dropped it. And uh, we wanted to do something to reach out to the community, and uh, so we just talked about oh, why don't we do another hog roast and do it here on our property, and uh, just do it free. And uh, I think that was pastor's idea. Let's do it, you know, let's absorb the cost and and put it on and, and uh, witness to people. Uh, all the people out there in the orange shirts, Uh, got a testimony and their their goal is to share that with somebody today
0: but you are definitely doing a public outreach in the parking lot Um, and it's a fantastic thing Uh, i didn't know anything about it you know as far north as you are in madison county i didn't know anything about it until we showed up here but every story is success after success after success on how this worked last year uh if you can remember uh not because you're old, not because I'm old. Just you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens over a year. How many people do you think you served last year?
1: Uh, I think we put a count around 400 last year.
0: About 400. You expect more this year, correct?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, we were cooking the hogs yesterday, and people were stopping by. What time is it tomorrow? And and uh, we're looking forward to it. And so, I guess sometimes I hate to put numbers on it. But I, I would hope 550, 600 people this That's year.
0: That's fantastic. I, when I was talking to Dave about it, I asked him the question not to put him on the spot. I said, you know, first year, you didn't really know what to expect. Did you, did you run out? And his answer was yes. And he said, I hope we run out again this year, yeah. uh, which, you know, kind of turns a negative oh. into a positive. And you're correct. Uh, I noticed that you also uh, partnered with Pete's Pantry Food Bank, the Right to Life folks, and Alexandria Light Library. How did uh, How did that come about?
1: Uh, part of that was Dave Mullins. He stopped in with his kids at the library, and he asked him if they go out and do you know, on-site things like fairs and things, and they said yeah, so uh, we invited him in. Uh, uh, he made the contact with Pete's Pantry. He's kind of behind the, the scenes. He stopped at the fire department and then got them to come down. So he's kind of, I guess, my right-hand man. He's been out beating the bushes, getting people to come down. And so our goal next year is our church uh, supports about 25 different uh, ministries every month in our tithe. And uh, our goal is next year is to try to get all those under one big tent here to show people what they do in the community.
0: So is your event here in Alexandria kind of a one-of-a-kind? Is anyone else locally doing something similar? I,
1: I don't know. Uh,
0: Are you the trendsetters here? That's, that's kind I of where that comes I don't know. I mean, going.
1: I see people doing things. Uh, I hate to say this, but I see a lot of churches doing it to raise money. Yeah. And just like I've had people already today, can we make a donation? No. We, we, everybody is told, no, you can't make a donation. It's all free.
0: Right, and, and that's a good thing because you're not doing it for the benefit of the no. church. You're doing it for the benefit of the community.
1: Yeah. We had, i seen three, three young boys go through the food line, and I grabbed some testaments and some tracts, and I went over and started talking to them about cars. They like the cars out there. And uh, before it was done, I said, well, you know, we're not doing this for the food. We're doing this to share Jesus with you. And, you know, the, couldn't get them to make a commitment, but they're pretty strong saying they may come to church tomorrow morning
0: outstanding and you guys are you guys are planning third annual next year correct
1: yeah we already started planning (laughs) we started getting our ideas together we're going to have a planning meeting in a couple weeks and that's fantastic and uh, I think there's no turning back
0: that's outstanding well I appreciate the invite uh, bringing us up here and and enlightening us a little bit about what you do and uh, we were talking just a few moments ago you know I do uh, I do multiple different interviews and uh Pastor Randy was he was a, one of the better interviews I've done in, in podcasting right. over the last couple of years and you know, I really wasn't sure he was gonna he was gonna be fun and do it, you know, have a have a joy doing this and he's uh, a great man of God. He he is fantastic. I, I would say anyone in the Alexandria area that hears this podcast uh as we roll it out, if you've never been to a church like this, you ought to stop in Cornerstone Community Church here. And give it a listen, because there's a lot of good people, and I've met a lot of them so far this morning. And we've only been here about an hour and a half. So, yeah. thanks, Mike, very much for your hospitality. I appreciate your time. I know you've been uh, you've been at work since the old dark hundred very early this morning, and <laughs> you're a little tired. And I'm afraid to keep you set down too long because you might yeah, just yeah, fall it asleep. it might be dangerous. Yeah, you might be. But we surprised. appreciate
1: you coming. It's a pleasure meeting you guys.
0: Thank you very much. Great. Let's close out another great episode with a final prayer. Dear Lord, grant us the strength to be selfless, the compassion to understand the needs of others, and the willingness to serve with open hearts. Bless our hands as they extend in kindness, our voices as they speak words of comfort, and our actions as they reflect the love you have shown in us. Guide us in our volunteering efforts that we may make a positive impact on the lives of those we serve. May our time and energy be a reflection of your grace, and may the spirit of volunteerism inspire others to join in the pursuit of creating a better, more compassionate world. Amen. Thanks for joining. We look forward to hearing from you and seeing you next week.